Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. So here we are talking about witnessing, and we have just completed episode three, the last episode. We're going to turn our attention to launching a secret movement in plain sight. You're going to love this. (laughs) You won't believe how easy this is. And you will not believe, if you put it to work, you will not believe what could happen in your church. It is just amazing. So trust me, try it, then you'll be a believer, I tell you that. So here we are talking about episode number four, learning a secret movement and leading that secret movement right in plain sight. Now, first of all, let's rehearse episode three just for a minute or two. In episode three, we looked at evangelism as an aspect of faith, and it's a spiritual gift. And we looked again at how only 10% of the people have that gift, and the rest of us have the spiritual role of being a witness. And when you witness, you share stories about how God has moved in your life, or the life of your family, or the life of your church family in one way or another. So you simply share how you have witnessed God in action. I was there. It happened to me. God did it. That's a witness. And when you share your story with someone else, you are witnessing. Don't make a big deal about it. It just happens. You're simply telling your story, but you are also saying no matter what your story is, no matter all the details, no matter any of the details, When you share your God story, what you're really communicating to someone who may not yet be a believer, you are saying God is alive and well and works in our world today. No matter what your story is, that is the bottom line. Anybody's story, everybody's story that's a God story basically communicates one thing. I was there. It happened to me. God is alive and working in our world today. And you know what? That is the most important and powerful thing that people want to hear. It's what they need to hear. It's what gets their attention. So this episode is going to be my favorite. In this episode, we're going to talk about launching a sacred movement in plain sight. Basically, you can launch this movement in your church. And in this episode, I'm going to share how I began this movement of witnessing in a church where I was the pastor. And it's a true story. And it's about how to witness your faith. Now, first of all, a disclaimer. I was the pastor, but the truth is, anybody can do this. Anybody can learn it. It didn't have to be me as the pastor. But I had learned this in my studies about witnessing. And I just thought, well, I'm going to give it a try. I thought, well... I could teach this to somebody else and let them do it. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if this really works. (laughs) Yeah, it really works all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how you, no matter who you are as a Christian, can begin a culture of witnessing in your church. Yes, I'm talking about a new culture, a different culture, where most of the people in your church will learn to be able to witness their faith witness to God, share their God stories. I don't even use the word witness on purpose because it spooks people. So we call it sharing your God stories. And I'll tell you what, this will change your life. I know 
because I know dozens and dozens of people whose lives were changed. That's part of my story. I know something else. This will dramatically change your church. I know because this is what happened in my church, and it's part of my story. And this could change our world. If enough people would do this in enough churches, it would absolutely, miraculously turn our world upside down for Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a revival, a renewal of your church, and a revival in the land. So it's absolutely, ridiculously simple, as you will see. I'm going to go back to Acts 2. You've heard it before. You're going to hear it again. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Jesus said, and you, all of you, will be, not might be, not could be, maybe some of you, uh uh-uh, all of you will be my witnesses here in your hometown, in the area, cross-culturally, and to the ends of the earth. Yep, never stops, goes and grows forever. And I'm telling you, if you do what I'm about to share with those in your church, your church will experience exponential growth. I know, I did it, it happened to me, and it happened to my church. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Anyway, here we go. This is how you can start a witnessing movement in your church. Now, you got to be willing to try, and you got to be willing to keep it going. This is not like a one-time flash in the pan. You don't build culture that way. Culture takes time, and it takes repetition. But you can do this. Anybody can do this. Any Christian can do this. It might take you over a year, but I guarantee it will work. Now, that's a lot to say. That's a lot to guarantee. But here's what I know. God wants it to work. And if you'll get out of the way and let God be God, it will work. So here's my story. I love to tell this story. I've told it to many groups. So I was a pastor of this church. It was a church that had divided long before I got there. And now it was such a small church, they couldn't afford a full-time pastor. And I had been the senior pastor of a large church in another place with a staff of 27 people. And the day that I was installed in this smaller church, there were 27 people in church. I know a lot of people climb the ladder and pastors like to go from a smaller church to a bigger church, but I was starting Church Doctor Ministries at the time and started consulting churches and writing books and teaching pastors and church leaders. And so something had to change in my life as I'm gonna kill myself just working too hard. And so I prayed about it and I thought, well, I should go to a small church that needs help, and they could only afford a half-time pastor. So I said, fine, I'll come and work with you guys because I'm going to travel the other half-time. And they said, yeah, we're glad to have anybody. So they took me on half-time, and actually I had a ball. But here's my story. As the pastor of their church, I was always there on Sunday. Well, most Sundays. I had somebody fill in after a while because I got busier with the ministry that I now do full-time. While I was there for five to six years, I taught a Bible class between the first and the second worship service during the Sunday school hour. Kids went to Sunday school, adults were invited to come to this class. And when I learned about developing Christian culture and how I could apply the development of Christian culture to the idea of witnessing, I decided to give it a try. I didn't tell anybody what I was gonna do, not a soul, and not even my wife. I I just decided that I was going to do this and see what happened. So I didn't tell anybody what I was up to. So the deal was, after the first service, after I shook hands with people, head out the back door, I would head over to the 
adult Sunday school room, and I'd walk in, say good morning to those people that weren't in the first service and were there to go to Bible class in the second service. And I just came to the class as usual on this launch Sunday of this new movement. And I normally would come to class and I would say, okay, uh, anybody have prayer requests? And then we'd pray and then we'd start teaching the lesson for the day. But on launch Sunday, to change the culture to a witnessing culture, I came in and I changed my opening remarks. I said hi to everybody. And then I said, uh, before we pray and take prayer requests and get into the lesson, I just want to ask, anybody want to share what God's done in your life since we met last Sunday? Anybody want to share anything at all? And there was this dead silence. And so what do you think happened then? Nothing. Nothing at all. Welcome to the reality of persistence that goes with changing culture. If you're looking for a quick fix, go buy a program that, by the way, won't do much for your church. But if you really want to see renewal in your church, you focus on culture, and that takes time. By the way, Jesus spent how long with his disciples? Three years. So uh, nothing happened that first Sunday. Did I give up? No, no way. No way. I know how culture changes. That's like raising your kid in a week. Nobody raises a kid in a week. It takes years. Well, it takes some time with people. So I already knew, pretty much figured, nobody was going to respond. So I said, okay, prayer requests. Prayer requests came. We prayed, taught the lesson. The next Sunday, I did the same thing. Came in. Hi, everybody. Anybody want to share what God's doing in your life since we met last week? Anything at all? Nothing. Not a peep out of anybody. No big deal. No surprise to me. We're changing the culture here. By week five, I did this four weeks in a row. That's a month. By week five, I asked the question. Before we start, take prayer requests. Anybody want to share what God's done in your life since we met last week? Anybody at all? And there was a pause. Holy silence. <laughs> Mildred, this little old lady, raised her hand, kind of half sheepishly. <laughs> I didn't know whether she was really doing it or not, but she she did. She raised her hand. And I got to tell you, Mildred didn't usually say much in Bible class. She just sat there quietly most of the time. She always sat in the same place. I'll never forget this, this moment in history in my life in that church. The third row on my left, fourth seat in from the middle aisle. That's where she always sat. You know how our church people are, always sit in the same place. Well, what Mildred said was not really that profound. In fact, I don't even remember what she said. It wasn't well rehearsed. It certainly wasn't smooth. She wasn't used to talking in front of the group anyway. She would never say anything in Bible class. But she just shared from her heart for about, oh, I don't know, maybe two minutes. Not a big deal. I'll tell you what I think happened with Mildred. I think Mildred was getting the idea after the previous four weeks. She was thinking, you know, I think he's going to ask this question every week. I don't think this is going to go away. I think she finally caught on and something happened to her that week. And when I asked the question, she had a God story to share. So she sheepishly raised her hand, stumbled through what she had to say. There was no flash of lightning. The Holy Spirit didn't fill the room. And nobody had fire on their heads or not everybody was speaking in different languages or anything like that. She just shared. And that was that. She was the only one that responded to the invitation that week. And yet, it was the beginning. 
It was the beginning of a movement. I don't think anybody would believe that that was in the room, but I did because it was the beginning, a little beginning, a small beginning of a new dimension of life in our church and in the lives of our people. The next week, I came in. Hi, everybody. Before we start with prayer requests, anybody want to share what God's doing in your life? And in that next week, nobody had a story to share. Nobody. But the week following, two people shared. How about that? Here's the kicker. After seven months, seven months, I had to cut off the sharing at 15 minutes so we could get to the opening prayer and the teaching lesson. I had to limit it within seven months. I thought, well, this works pretty good. So here's what I did. I started doing the same thing at the beginning of every elders meeting. Now, some of the elders were in that Bible class. Some of them were in others. And so that was new to them. When we had a congregational gathering or a meal, I said, before we pray, anyone want to share what God's doing in their life? And we had a church council. They met, oh, I don't know, about every month, talk about what's going on in the church. Everywhere people gathered, I started with that question. Everywhere except during worship. Too complicated with that many people. Not enough time. Too big a group. Wrong setting. Everywhere but in worship. Here's what happened next. You won't believe this. This is the most amazing thing. I mean, I hope you do believe it, but it's, it's just an amazing act of God. After 18 months, 18 months, year and a half, I was beginning to hear about people telling their God stories, not just in church, but to unchurched people in their social networks. I never told them to do that. It just happened. Because you don't have to tell them to do that. It's not a program. You change the culture. You change to a witnessing culture. Can you get that? Get off the program bandwagon. And so many churches ram programs down people's throats. They last for a month or two, and then they're on to something else. And truthfully, the actual identity of the church doesn't change at all because they don't change culture. But you see, what Jesus did with the 12 disciples is he changed their culture because he taught them about what the kingdom of heaven is like, what the kingdom of God is like. And that's not like the world around us. It's different, very different in many, many ways, including openly sharing your God stories. And so now this church with these people who had never done this kind of stuff before, were now starting to share their God stories with unchurched people. I never mentioned it in a sermon. We just did it. And after a while, it caught on because real Christianity is more caught than taught. What Jesus displayed with the disciples was more caught than taught. Their three years with Jesus was where they caught the culture. And when they went out and made disciples, disciples who discipled others to be disciplers, that's caught as much as taught. So I just modeled the idea. And Mildred started the movement. If I have started it, would it be like a teaching? It would have been sterile. It would have been educational. It'd be like, yeah, that's what the pastor does. But that's not what we did. We just asked the question, anybody want to share what God's doing in your life? And the God stories started. And the God stories blew beyond the walls of our church. And our culture had begun to change in that church. And we never, never, I said, never talked about witnessing. Not from the pulpit, not in Bible class, not in church council, not anywhere, anytime. We were just telling our God stories. Of course, we were witnessing. That's what the Bible calls it, but I never mentioned it because I didn't want to blow people away. I don't want people to get all nervous and upset 
because all these people had stories embedded in their hearts and in their lives and in their minds and in their memory. People have lots of God stories. Somebody almost every week would have a God story to share that had happened that very week. And when then these people started to break beyond the walls of the church and just keep this same kind of new culture going among their unchurched friends, oh, then they had some serious come-to-Jesus God stories. Oh, man, it was amazing. And then we reached a whole new level, and that church became a very, very different church. It became a movement. And that's what Christianity really is. It's not a church as organization. It's the body of Christ in a movement. And that movement continued to involve people in our church and beyond our church. So guess what happened? Our church began to grow. People began to share these God stories more and more in their social networks. Not knocking on doors and talking to strangers, but among people with whom they already had a relationship, but they were people who were unchurched. Eh, some of them were dechurched. They once were in the church, maybe as kids, but hadn't been in church for 20 years. They were unchurched, but dechurched. Some people were people that had never been in church in their entire lives. And so, yeah, our church began to grow. And in time, about four years, our church grew five times its original size. And we had to add Sunday school space for children and adults. And we had to offer another worship service. And we had to add more parking. We had all those good challenges facing us because our people were sharing their God stories. And not one of them thought they were witnessing. They were just sharing what God's done in their life, which I modeled to them by asking them in Sunday school. And they got better at it as they went. No one ever taught a class on witnessing. We didn't need an evangelism committee or an evangelism group or team or effort or strategy or anything. People naturally share their God stories with people with whom they have a relationship. And once in a while, on those rare occasions where they bump into somebody that they don't have a relationship with, but there's an opportunity and they share. They were just doing it, just sharing. They were just witnessing. Even though if you'd have told them that, they would have freaked out. Oh, no, no. I I'm just telling stories about how God has worked in my life. Well, I want to tell you something. That's what people who are not Christians want to hear. They don't want to hear a sermon. Not yet. Not at the beginning. They certainly don't want to attend a worship service. They're not ready for a Bible class. They're not ready for a small group Bible study. They're just babies in faith. But they grow. They learn. They become receptive when they hear your God stories. And I could go on for a long time telling you about all the stories we heard. People from the church who shared at work with someone they had never talked about spiritual issues in their lives. But one guy comes to one of our church members at lunch and he says, hey, uh, can we talk over lunch? You know, we've been friends for quite a while. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what to do. But my wife and I, we're, we're having severe financial problems. We, we kind of overspent and uh, now we're in debt and the pressure is beginning to hurt our marriage. And the guy from our church that he shared with over lunch, he had had a similar experience, not exactly the same, but they had had financial difficulties when they were first married, he and his wife. And it just so happens, as he dusted off that story from 20 years earlier, 
He said, you know, we were struggling financially, but at that time, we had stress in our relationship, and we decided to start praying to God together. And I can't prove it, he said, but you know what? I totally believe that God helped us through that time, gave us strength, and I totally believe that God brought us a better situation with our resources and made us better managers of what we had. So uh, he says to his friend, Joe, can I pray for you? Now, this guy from my church is not the pastor. He's not on staff. People on staff would never meet Joe's friend at lunch where he works. We didn't work there. But they knew each other, and they had a relationship. And relationship is the platform that God uses. And telling your God stories is the best way to witness whether you ever use the word or not. Our people were just doing it. I tell you, that can happen in any church, and you can do it. In our next episode, <laughs> episode number five, we're going to look a little deeper about who is the target audience for sharing our God stories. And yes, you probably already guessed it. It has something to do with our relationships. Until next time, think about that. You want to start a movement in your church? You can do it, and God will. He will do it if you let him. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Who Broke My Church? Seven Proven Strategies for Renewal and Revival, available now wherever books are sold.